Uh, Tara, what are we trying to do right now? We're trying to start a podcast. We are. We're trying to start a podcast. I don't know. I just want to kind of like open up the floor and open up like deeper conversation around a lot of the things that I've seen in the online world of healing, betterment, self-improvement, self-care, self-love, like all of the self-focused things as well as just spirituality, new age, holistic approaches, things like that. It's um, been so, so interesting to navigate this world and create content within it. And I love it for so many reasons. I think there's so many beautiful things, but I also think there's some like toxicity in there, you know, that should be called out with compassion, I think. Um, called out with compassion. Yeah. You could quote that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I, uh, I think we both see something very similar, I think, mm-hmm. where you might say call out with compassion. I might say I'm going to dismantle the ideological frameworks that are confining people to limiting beliefs and beliefs that might seem like they're freeing you because maybe they're better than the ones you once held but you're only really substituting one du- one form of dogma one form of uh you know one little lens that you've been stuck into and now you're applying a different lens you're not actually creating an open-mindedness you're not actually opening your mind you're just placing the lens somewhere else and i want i want I want to help. I want. I don't want. I don't want people to do that. Maybe. Yeah. Sure. I'd like to imagine. Oh, it's just. I really want to help people who might be at risk of becoming victims of those of these ideologies. But I think on a personal level, what motivates me more is simply that I have anger when I see l- these so-called leaders of these movements push these truths as if they were the only truth and i go mm, mm, mm. especially in the spiritual community because if there's one fucking thing i know after everything is that i know nothing mm-hmm. and that yeah. that that awareness that because i think i'm smart i think i'm very smart i think i'm very well read i think I'll, i think highly of myself and i know that i know nothing so when i see people whom i don't think you're smarter than me i don't think you you know there's no there's no obvious re- there's no obvious sense that this person should know a lot more than me yet they are going around online and preaching and selling and pushing uh, it's pushing ideologies that clearly are only serving for them to build their own little empire for them to build their own little profit and hey look more power to them you do your thing i'm going to help dismantle it so that other people can see the bullshit Yeah. Yeah. And I think kind of what you just said, I mean, it's funny because I agree with all of that. And like you said, we kind of have a similar approach to what we want to do here. But I think one of the main differences between us is that I'm a little bit softer (laughs) and, you know, a little bit more like, wait, let's like hold it up to the light and look at it and call it out. And you're like, no, beat the shit out of this shit. (laughs) Yeah, which I think is good and I think like balances us out pretty well, you know, but at the end of the day, like that is my problem with all of this too is people just preaching their individual truth as if it's truth for everyone, Mm. you know, and how close-minded that leads people to being even in a community that's like 
built to value open-mindedness, you know, and that's where I get really like perplexed by what's going on and just how prominent it is in the online world, you know? Yeah. And it's funny because I'm what inherently what drew us to one another is like, I, w I think we were just following each other and I disagreed with your, a certain take you had on individualism. Well, mm. but that's only because I, I wasn't certain if you were just a critic of individualism as a whole, given that I, I I'm quite a stand for individuals. I think individuals hold the power. And while, of course, I believe that the collective plays a role, I think that ultimately you the, the initial focus has to be on you, yourself, developing, mm -hmm. whatever. So I responded in like a bit of a critique, or I don't know if it was a critique or as much just an open response to, hmm, I see your point, but, but let me provide another. Yeah, and you were a little sassy, though. I was a little sassy. <laughs> I, I am sassy. You were a little sassy. <laughs> uh, that's my nature. And then we, and then we jumped on a FaceTime, and it was great because it was by the end of our like I don't know how long we spoke, like an hour and a half, whatever. It was like, oh okay, this is a person with a different life, a different upbringing, different racial, different, different. You're different than I am. I mean, the best thing about having a conversation with you finally, like face to face, not just on video responses, is I got to see that I was like, okay, this is a person whom. I don't agree with on a lot of things. We don't have the exact same take, but I don't sense a sense that she needs me to like think like her. She doesn't need us to leave this space in a in a in a total agreement. The only thing we needed was a sense of respect that, hey, maybe the fact that we are different, come from different realities will inevitably lead to us having slightly different conclusions. Does that mean that any of our, that either one of us is necessarily more wrong or right? That, no, the, the, no. The, I have, the obvious answer is no. Obviously, if you want to get into the like iffy and bits, of course, time will tell depending on, like let's say, our political position on something or the, on one social issue. That's very different from simply holding a slightly different perspective on something. You know, Obviously, whether or not someone was a good president at one point time will tell okay things like that are maybe less nuanced but i still think that when it comes to why we want to do this is that we don't agree with each other but we're both able to hold nuance respect and compassion for one another yeah and maybe definitely. that's what we want for everybody else too <laughs> yes that is definitely the ideal and yeah i agree that's um the thing that kind of stood out to me about you or like the little mini relationship we started forming over social media was that we were like holding the space for each other to come to different conclusions. And even though we ended up not always agreeing like with the other's conclusion, I felt like there was just a lot of value that happened in that space, you know, and like there's just there's so much power in being able to open your mind up to another perspective without immediately embracing it or immediately rejecting it, you know, and just kind of being able to sit with it and really think about how this could be somebody else's truth and perspective. And that's okay. You know, it's just not yours. And that's a really hard place to be in because we live in such the absolute black and white, let's fight over dogma kind of world, you know, but we need, we need more of that space and tenderness and compassion and that is largely what I think 
I want this podcast to accomplish. Good. I feel like that's a really good thing where I, and I really do hope that we can bring people onto this podcast that both of us disagree with. I, I'd love to have someone on here who's, you know, not of my uh, political, religious, or social affiliations, because I, I genuinely want to test myself and my own moral aptitude here where I'm, you know, I, it's very easy for me to go, you know, let's create a space where you can hold differing opinions of compassion. But I want to see how well we can do that with people whom might even hold qu- offensive beliefs. And I'm not saying yeah. that we should weigh offensive beliefs equally because I don't think so, especially when they're prejudicial or hateful. But I, I still think that at the end of the day, we live in a world of 7 billion people. There are a lot of hateful, prejudicial attitudes and ideologies that are quite prominent. So, you know, if, you, if we want to embrace the idea of being the bigger person, on some level, we have to somehow find a way to reach across the aisle, even if it's towards people or towards an ideology that we don't see a lot of value in. Why? Because inherently, there's still people wh- whom maybe if they were given the chance to listen to someone like us who can hold space, doesn't immediately attack it, but goes, let's dismantle this a little bit. Let's uh, open the floor here with compassion. And m- maybe... In doing that, what you're doing is you're sowing the seeds of doubt in a community that might be stricken with hate or fear or whatever that might be. And by dismantling it with a degree of compassion, you know, all of a sudden the young people who prescribe to the ideology might go, wait, you know what? That person didn't immediately insult me for believing this. So firstly, I'm not defensive. So the cognitive dissonance won't arise. Secondly, you know, they actually brought up some good points and they were pretty open to hearing my stuff even if they didn't agree with me and that's how i think real change might happen through dialogue what we see being played out in the media is it's performative no nobody you know steven crowder i think he's an entertaining conservative but the the guy goes out and goes change my mind women aren't all this stuff he says uh, some kind of inflammatory statement that he knows is somewhat offensive to somebody and he asks he asks people on university campuses who quite clearly aren't that intelligent or often aren't, no offense, to change his mind. And he's there and he's smart. He's well-read. He knows every piece of evidence. He's got it all in a little folder. It's like, that's, you're not actually here looking to have your mind changed. And you're not actually here to change anyone's mind. You're here to create performative entertainment, which, hey, the world, if that's your role, go play it. But too much of what we see as discourse, especially in the United States, isn't actually discourse. It's performative entertainment that's clearly being set up for gotcha moments to create a little bit of flair entertainment. And ultimately, it just leads to more divisiveness and animosity between the political aisles, the religious aisles, whatever, the lefts and the rights, the ups and downs. Yeah. So I don't want to be like that. And I don't want us to lean into that. Because it, it, it's so tempting oh my god how tempting is it to get a little gotcha moment with some more well and it's largely rewarded by the algorithm yeah Yeah, i just want to circle back that i really like what you're saying about performative entertainment because i had never i don't know i just didn't have the language to think of it in that way you know but that is a hundred percent what it is and i always find the people who go out with the like change my mind stance it's so interesting because they are always the people who don't want to change their mind you know like they're the ones yeah like the change my mind you don't like
No. And like every I've read through Reddit threads of there's like a thread specifically for change my mind. And I don't know that I've ever seen like I've seen people throw out really, really logical and like open minded points and kind of, you know, hold the space for that different perspective. And the person who originally wrote the post is like, nah, fuck off, you know, and it's like, wait, are you even trying to like really incorporate or even see or honor these other perspectives like I think that again that's kind of where a lot of people don't understand that you can honor another perspective without adopting it or hating it you know it's it's a weird like neutral stance to be in that I definitely would never have been able to get through without all of the like spiritual knowledge that I sifted through during my awakening. Like without that, I was in that very, you know, polarized place too. And I still get there cause I'm human, but I want, you know, to really be able to be in that gray area for almost everything. Cause it just is, there are not many things that are actually black and white, you know? The most recent thing that's helped me find that gray area, so to speak, is I, I was having troubles in a in a past relationship and it felt like and I was clashing over it. It was like, ah, it just seems like me and her seem to see things so differently. What's going on? And then I get an ad for an understanding myself uh personality assessment. I might have mentioned it to you. So I it, and it looks great. It's and it's done by Jordan Peterson and a few other Harvard uh professors, uh psychology professors, and I said, Okay, I'm gonna take it. By the end of the test I'm looking at both of our personality assessments and it seems so obvious now. I go, this isn't a matter of right and wrong. It's that I, I li- our personalities, the basis of our social substrate, at least on some degree in some way that it's been measured, are infinitely, or very polarizedly, polarizingly different on these specific elements. Like, for instance, this and or that. or, or So it wasn't so much that I was right in one perspective and she was right or she was wrong and I was wrong. No, but rather the way that we're going to see certain things, like she might always weigh things more empathetically and through an emotional lens because that's her personality. That's literally the lens in which she views the social world. Where mine is always going to be coming from a much more almost less sympathetic, a much more logically based, one that might even in some sense, it's like, oh, you're not, you're not being emotionally minded enough, but I'll go, but it's the most logical way of approaching it. Okay, so who's more right? Neither. It's not that one person is more right or more wrong. It's a very literally the basis of the perspective in which you are living out your reality is founded on different values, on different ideals. And that's okay, ultimately, unless you want to force an entire population of 7 billion people to somehow adopt the exact same values, the same perspectives, the same beliefs, then we're going to have to be okay with not seeing things exactly the same way. And I don't know about you, but I'm okay with not seeing the same things the same way as opposed to being forced to by some kind of overarching world government because that doesn't sound fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean... One of the things that my mom said to me years ago that stuck because, I don't know, it was probably like five or six years ago and I was all frustrated about something, you know, I said, why can't, kind of like, why can't everyone just like think the same, you know, like, why can't we all just be on the same page? 
And she looked at me and she was like, you do not want that. She said, it takes all different kinds of people to make the world go round, Tara. And that was like such a humbling perspective. And one that like my ego fought right then. Cause I'm like, no, we all need to be these kind of compassionate, loving, you know, bubbly people. But it really, in the years since, I've really, really sat and marinated in that perspective. And I think that, I mean, obviously like, you know, harm and hateful ideologies are not on my mind when I'm saying this, but just in general, like people seeing and believing so differently is what makes our world so complex and so weirdly beautiful, you know, at least in my perspective, like, of course, it, it, it wouldn't be a world if we all were the same, you know, like it just it makes me think of some weird, creepy, like black mirror shit of like uh, just a monolith of an entire species. And like our beauty comes from our diversity, you know, our diversity of everything, of the way we look to the way we think to the way we speak, like all of it. And to take that away is like to take our humanity away. So, yeah, I definitely think that we need to be able to hold all of these differences. I just think that we need to work on being able to do that in particular. You know, it's like you're saying, like people kind of want to wash away the differences so we could all come to an agreement and peace. But like, that's not reality, I don't think. And that's not how it's going to work. So we need to find a different approach that is more nuanced and more catered to the reality of what human beings are and experience. But where's the nuance? Where is the nuance, man? Like, <laughs> I don't understand. The well, the nuance that we're trying to find, that we're trying to find with you guys, with each other, and with the world, we're hoping to find it here on this podcast. Where's the nuance? With Tara and El Nino. Or Tara Sage? <laughs> Tara Joy is uh, Tara my Joy. first and middle name. With yeah, Tara, Tara Joy, Joy and El Nino. We want to bring nuance to complex topics. We want to admit humbly that we don't know enough, but we'd like to learn more. We want to hold space for differing opinions and different viewpoints. We don't want performative gotcha moments to create division because what? It fuels entertainment? I think we're plenty entertained. Stranger Things is out <laughs> and it's amazing. Point is, the world has its entertainment. Of course, we want to be funny. We want to entertain you guys. We want to bring something of value, but we really, really do want to create nuance. And by nuance, we just mean demonstrate different shades of meanings to something in particular so that hopefully when you move through life even if you know you have your personal philosophy which i hope you develop for you your own it's you get your own don't follow somebody's get your own philosophy get it make it live it but hopefully as you move around that life with your own little personal philosophy because of the nuance that we've helped create and establish and still you can hold space for it and maybe just maybe when you hear someone who you don't initially think you might agree with you just hear them out like a human and by the end of that conversation you go you know what i'm stealing that little thing that's part of my personal philosophy and that's how i hope we can all move around this world building our own little personal philosophies built off our experiences what we read and the philosophies in which we've adapted and approached and made our own because like tara just said we're way too unique, way too different for all of us to be living exactly the same way. And the world doesn't go around that way. Not effectively anyways. Definitely. Yeah. I just want to back all of that up. Like, 
I not only do we want you to develop your own personal philosophy, but learn how to be more accepting of others as well. And that that is really the goal here because I don't know the ripple effects that that can have in even just a small portion of society, I think cannot be understated and it's really important and something we're kind of missing right now. I don't know. We are kind of missing it. I think we yeah. are. But you know what? I will say, and I mean, not to get, I do think there are a group of people out there, specifically even in the podcast space, who are making an active effort to reach across aisles. And I, th- I think. I, one of the coolest examples I ever saw was when I saw Russell Brand and uh, Jordan Peterson on a podcast because it was at a time where Russell Brand was very left-leaning, very you know supportive of all minority issues, and here was Jordan Peterson at the time. With, you know, he'd kind of come in as quite of an inflammatory uh, person with you know challenging uh, kind of the mainstream media's. Uh, take on a certain bill but then it became out about trans rights and it became messy but you see these guys on a podcast anyways and it was clear they had fundamentally different ways of looking at the world because Russell Brand I mean he's very he's very open about it he wants a revolution on some level he wants he wants a social revolution in which we reimagine the ways our societies are currently imagined because all that's all it is are countries and agreed upon idea these are just ideas whereas you know jordan peterson comes from a point of traditionalism aka conservatism uh, traditional uh, conservatism that holds whoa 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 we shouldn't go around playing too much with the social systems because it's actually they didn't just come out of nowhere they've arisen over time in very specific manners and if you were to radically change them you'd probably just sow total chaos Again, totally different perspective because Russell leans into like the belief that we can and do have the potential now to reimagine and shape things radically, whereas Peterson comes from a traditionalist, more conservative approach of, whoa, 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 you, you've only been around here for how, however long, 40 years, 20 years. These systems have been here for hundreds, if not thousands. Keep playing around like that and you might just, you'll be very sorry. And it was great because at the end of the podcast, there was actual mutual shared respect. They both actually, I feel like they both gained something. And now both of them have become, I'd say, quite friends with each other. And that's the thing. That's what I want to see. That's what I want to see in the world. People from different walks of life, even intellectual figures, celebrities, whatever you might see, having true discourse and being able to agree to disagree while still holding space for one another and taking each other's viewpoints with some degree of sincerity. Yeah, and you know, it is, I think for me, it's also hard to like, I'm still trying to figure out where to draw the line almost, I guess, when you're navigating nuanced conversations between, you know, people on different sides of the political spectrum, like, I don't know, my brain just has such a thing with harm, you know, and like harm coming from certain perspectives and ways of seeing and thinking that um, I feel like you got to find the right people who are really open to just having a conversation around beliefs without it diving into like a nasty place, I guess you could say, because I never want to be someone 
who puts someone on a platform to spew like harmful beliefs you know and so i feel like if someone's just alex gonna jones spew the then podcast. they're what'd you say so we're not gonna have alex jones on the podcast you <laughs> know <laughs> <laughs> i guess i'm saying if we're going for um bringing on guests and people like that i think we need to be kind of particular about who we bring into the space because not everybody on either side can do that and hold that and i definitely don't want to give anybody a platform to just like spew hateful shit and not be receptive you know yeah that, that is a that's gonna be a line that i think we're gonna be learning how to navigate specifically the idea of like all right well we disagree with them but am i now championing or positioning a person whose ideology i might find harmful and then we have to go to the next basis how do we define harm are we defining harm as emotional harm? Are we defining it as physical? Are we saying words that might lead to actions? Like, for instance, let's say in the January 6th uh, insurrection, as you guys call it, it's a big word. But, you know, when there was like the riots on the Capitol Hill, uh, it's like it was very clear Donald Trump's words led to that action. That's very evident. That's not like a I don't even I don't even think how I don't even understand how that could be debated. But maybe you know what I'm saying, but it's going to be harder because it's not always obvious how somebody's words are harmful, even if you we might get the sense like, oh, this is harmful. You know what I'm saying? Because otherwise we might then become the very we don't want to be the arbitrators of arbitrators of truth. We always have to come from some degree of humility and going, we might not know. We have to be open around what our biases are, where our values lie. So that people are very aware and that they can siphon through it. Because sometimes I think it is dishonest when any creator, podcaster, person, human isn't that public around some of their own beliefs and values. Because then it almost sounds like they're objective and impartial. But like, no, motherfucker, you keeping something about the way that you actually perform in this world, the way that you actually act, you're keeping that a secret because you know that if people might be able to siphon your biases a little bit or recognize them a bit more obviously if you were honest. And I'm not trying to fool anybody here. I want everybody to know exactly where we're coming from at all times in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, that'll be a, a very interesting line to walk. <laughs> and we're, never, we're not, we're not going to get it perfect. No, no. We're not going to get any of this perfect. <laughs> maybe. <That's> a, <laughs> Did you say maybe? So maybe. <laughs> I don't know. That's some dangerous thinking, my friend. Yeah, no, you're right. We probably won't. If we do, that's a plus. But definitely, definitely not the goal here, I don't think. Uh, I mean, what kind of a podcast would it be if it was like, where's the nuance? But then it's like very very cut copy paste safe it's like okay so they're not doing anything different yeah no we i feel like we need to be a little messy of course and raw with of course. It, you know we have to be willing to be wrong yeah yeah and while maybe this will be more be more me than you you also have to be willing to potentially offend I'm not saying willfully offend, <laughs> but it's like, think about it. If you're criticizing an ideo ideological framework, someone who lives and 
by that framework could be offended. You go and tell somebody who's of the belief that they're a, a star seed from galaxy nebula and you know, they really believe it. They really, really, really believe it. And that's cool. Good for them. You might be I just felt people get offended right there. They might be a star <laughs> seed. No, and someone's gonna get offended right there. I'm hey, I'm just ignorant. But my point is, if you are a star seed, that's cool. But you, you, you're you're not certain. It's good that you got faith. You can believe it. But you can't go around telling people that that's the truth, that we're all starseeds, that this is the finite truth. And that is a, you can't do that. And it doesn't matter what perspective you come from, even if, even if it's from a place of love. Just like Jesus said, he didn't want people to follow him. He was speaking of pure consciousness, pure love, all these teachings. Yet at every moment he said, oh, but please do not follow me. Because he knew what, what the exact same thing that we're recognizing, that he can only ever speak. And that's it. He can't ultimately tell you how to live your life. You know, that's a the Christian religion is, a, is an attempt by his followers to start something. It wasn't him. He didn't start it. And in that same respect, I think, where's the nuance is a space to sow a little bit of positive skepticism and keep people grounded in their reality, in themselves, so that they don't become ideologues to an ideology larger than themselves. Yeah. And I, you know, I will say, like, I don't have issues critiquing ideologies because I see that ideologies are just belief systems and ways of thinking. And that's not what people inherently are, you know. But the thing is, people identify with their beliefs and ideologies and it becomes wrapped up in their sense of identity. And so when you talk about these ideologies, it feels like you're talking about them as a person, you know, rather than a belief system that they hold and can kind of separate themselves from if they ever choose, ever choose to, you know? That's why people should meditate because the more <laughs> mindfulness practice you hold, the less identified you're going to be with those certain things. And the more that you can dis detach, I guess, from the ideas of uh, who you are, who you think you are, the less quick to offend, be offended you'll be, the less emotionally reactive you'll be. And even, trust me, to everybody out there, it's like, it all happens in like combination, right? Mind, spirit, soul. If you just are an intellectual person, but there's no development of spirit through meditation or any practice, well then, you're, an in, you're, a, you're one of those intellectuals who's offended by anybody who criticizes any idea of theirs. That's not a good intellectual. The good intellectual is the one who not only has a developed mind, but has a developed spirit to the point where they go, oh, I, I might be very wrong. This is just what I've, this is just the conclusions I've come to through my, my knowledge, through my life. But I'm always willing to learn. Now, that's a true scientist. That's a true intellect. You know, the one who, I I'll always go back to it. The intellect that in spite of everything they know, can sit back and go, ah, I know that I know nothing. That is the best starting place for dialogue and conversation. And that's where I hope that I can stay throughout this podcast and this experiment. Definitely. And I'm like, I, I know that I think things, <laughs> but I know that I don't know things. You know, that's like good. that difference between think and know, I feel like is small but very powerful. And it's okay to recognize like you're allowed to think what you want, you know. But to think that what you think is 
an absolute knowing is really where I think the problems start to stir up. Boom. Boom. Love it.